Okay, so that solo is from Stealing Gasoline off Carl Verheyen's new album, Essential Blues. Carl Verheyen is about to fry your brain, folks. I mean, he's just such an accomplished player. Truly versatile. Only style I've never heard him play is like death metal or something like that. He does everything, and he does it so well, and he's really good at explaining what he does. I really think you're going to dig this. And also, we get to, you know, his development and how he became so proficient on the guitar. My mama told me Before she passed away She said, son, when I'm gone He plays these beautiful LSL Stratocaster-style guitars, his own signature models. Really wonderful. Pulls out a few different guitars in this episode loved hanging out at his house he's a true warrior i mean you go there and it's the real deal his garage full of anvil cases of gear tube amps man he chains tube amps together on these gigs he's got cartage he's famous for playing with super tramp he's done so many huge huge sessions that he talks about you know like with orchestras where he's the principal soloist on movie soundtracks more than he can even remember I remember once he did acoustic guitar on the Academy Awards with some famous actor. Shit, who was that? Oh man, anyway, there's like 85 million people watching. It was a great moment. He also has a great teaching aesthetic too like i can't believe students at mi musicians institute i still teach there on tuesday afternoons people i can't believe people you know you get to walk in there and plug in with carl actually he's on a different day every week but every week you can sit there and trade licks with carl that's a real plus you know makes musicians institute a really special place carl also has the cv academy online which is his own teaching site If you want to learn from him, man, he will teach you. He can be reached at, or you can learn more about him at carlverheyen.com. It's Carl, C-A-R-L, V as in Victor, E-R-H-E-Y-E-N.com. CV Academy, check it out. Yeah, listening to more tunes from Essential Blues, his new record. So slamming. We're going to get into so much different stuff here. It's really fun. I'm heading up to his house in the helicopter. Baby, baby, what's on your worrying mind? Said, baby, baby, what's on your worrying mind? Love you, baby, I hate your hurting kind. Baby, baby, I got news for you. Said, baby, baby, now I got news for you. Love you, baby, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Again, my name is Jude Gold. Thanks for listening to No Guitar is Safe. Please write a review on iTunes if you haven't. And spread the word. Every bit helps, you know, if you uh, share this with your friends, however you like to share things in the social media age or in other ways. You can email the link. Really appreciate it. 
This is episode 60. There are 59 other episodes for you to check out if you haven't already. Really appreciate your support. Same with GuitarPlayer.com and Guitar Player Magazine. We're going to head up to Carl's awesome house where he's got like not only all his amps I was telling you about, but he's got like we're going to plug in just two of his vintage Princeton reverbs. We're playing kind of quiet, so we're not pushing Princeton's the way, you know, like Jim Campolongo would push a Princeton, but I think we're getting some good tones just cable into the amp. He might occasionally kick on a little dirt or maybe a little delay, but it's basically clean into the amp. I'm running the Music Man Cutlass guitar with a humbucker. He's running his LSL signature, Carl Verheyen Miles that I talked about, and it's wonderful. He's also got like this room with, I mean, he's got so much guitar stuff there. Like he's got every guitar magazine, including every guitar player magazine, pretty much. I love that, that speaks to my heart. You know that to be true. (laughs) So um, we're gonna start out with a jam. We're just playing a couple of chords, spontaneous. I call out a bridge and uh, it's totally a spontaneous jam. And then afterwards we go into some zing harmonics as I like to call them, where Carl explains how he rakes the strings with his index finger following with a pick held between his thumb and second finger. I think he explains it pretty well and gets these awesome harmonic strikes. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Plenty more coming up. Again, I'm Jude Gold. Thanks for listening to No Guitar Is Safe. And of course, there will be an epilogue at the end of the episode where I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you a story that Carl told me after we packed up about how he learned to be such a proficient music reader. Maybe that'll inspire you. All right, let's fire up the chopper. By the way, that's Jim Cox on B3. Dude shreds. To E7, you know. You must.
Yeah. And you know, I mean, I've always been such a fan of those zing harmonics. Oh, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a way you can do them to where you can play uh, even chords that aren't you know in a lie just by sort of yeah. grabbing can I it. Film that or something? Or sure, you might. No, not at all. So wait, now I'm gonna film this too for anyone who wants to see it out there on the Facebook world or the Twitter world or the YouTube world. But explain what you're doing. Like, so so if you take the pick. And you put it, you want to film now or? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm already forgetting to film because it's so cool. Let me turn it on. And so the thing you were asking about is the, when you take a whole chord, here's a B minor chord, right? So I'll take the same uh, technique where you put the pick into the next finger and just go. Now, so I'm, I'm picking, I'm sweeping uh, my finger right in front of the pick. So, so you're barring at the seventh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every fret. string except for the fifth string, yeah, which fifth is, is open. Yeah, so I'm getting a B minor. So you got a chord. straight vertical line, and yeah. then exactly twelve frets higher. Yeah, sweeping across it. You're sweeping yeah. across it with your index finger. Yeah, with and the pick dragging just ahead of it. I guess yeah. it is. So uh, you're. It's almost simultaneous. Yeah, isn't your it? index fingers going twelve frets higher yeah. above it, and yeah. then the pick, of course, is even higher up the string. Yeah, just behind it. And you're holding so the pick like with that. your thumb. Thumb and second finger. Thumb yeah. and second finger. That's a crazy thing. And then you, you can do, you know, like a 13 chord by just changing your angle a little over here. There it is. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So, and you can do, you know, ninth chords. And, and, and this is a really nice major seven. So you can go, you can get that chord, you know, six, nine. A great chord to play. That's a uh, major seven sharp nine. Can you, you know? play the chord without the harmonics? Yeah, it yeah. Like? It makes almost no sense. It's you're, it's you're down it's, at the fourth position. Yeah, I'm playing an F sharp, an A with my second finger, with my third finger a C sharp, and then an F. So right. you know you would normally play, um, you know F sharp, sorry, F sharp minor seventh, but I made it and, and then put a D in the bass. And get a D major nine, right? Get the D but, with your thumb there. Yeah, but I made it a D major seven sharp nine. So it's minor, minor major seventh. No, not minor major. Yeah, minor major seventh. But there's a natural third in there too. An yeah. F sharp. So then that sound. So that chord. You know, E flat is really awesome. Man. Are you running a compressor or anything? No, I have a little delay going on. Yeah, you got a little delay, but you get so much sustain out of your fingers. I always love wow. that about you. Single wow. coil pickups Never and finger, fingernails, and you're getting it to really chime, ring wow. like a bell. Well, that's great, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that I got something going on there. Like a ring in a bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right on. So we're not even warmed up yet. No, we just woke up. <laughs> I love it. I used to love it having you play Little Wing. You think oh, wow. you're warmed up enough for that? Well, I mean, I I don't really uh, play it the same way ever twice, but yeah, yeah. but I, I like the chords that are uh, modal chords, you yeah. know. And I probably learned them from Hendrix. You know how he goes. Well, if you if you think about yeah. that chord there, which is G D and A, and you play it here, you yeah. know, the modal idea would be like, for instance, let's go to the key of E minor. That shape, root five nine can be moved down a whole step and still be yeah. an E minor. There's not even a minor third. Then it can be moved up a minor third, and yeah. it's it's root, I mean, sorry, it's third, seventh, fourth, or eleventh, you know. Then fourth, root, fifth. So you get, 
And I remember years and years ago, I was playing on this guy's record, and it was like, um, he's a sax player, Richard Elliott. And I remember he had 16 bars of E minor with nothing else happening, right? And uh, I said, well, you know what might be nice is if I went like this. that um, so using those modal chords so then I started to think about them all over the guitar you know like Hendrix plays them here but yeah. you can also you can also start realizing voicings that that stem from this other idea <laughs> this yes. is getting a little bit out there but any triad right so if I play an A chord so the intervals are kind of the same root five nine well or, or I mean alone the in like fifth and then yeah, Another yeah, fifth. yeah, a fifth and a and a fifth. They're, right, they're right. fifth, so they're this. Yeah. So, so uh, if you take any chord, any triad, you can yeah. take the middle note out and put it up an octave and get this. Right, right. right. Gonna, this becomes this, and this becomes this. This becomes that, and this becomes that. So years ago, I started thinking, what if I did like D to A, and it was like, like um. It's just D to A. And I started messing with that, and then it opened up the doors to many more chords, you know, like more voicings. And then the, the, with, with something like Little Wing, which just has all that modal stuff too, you, you know, because yeah. our job as musicians is to make music sound different. So instead of being this guy all the time, right. know, unless of course you're playing a folk song, right, where you need cowboy chords, um, you know, then, then it's kind of nice to have D like that, you know, yeah, or, yeah. Like, or like, uh, you know, we'll put a ninth in it, or like this. You know, and then you start to find... Yeah. Just little chord licks and stuff. So with, with Little Wing, I mean, if, if you start with a... A nine with an 11 on top. And that could be here. Yeah. And then you could do a, just a, just these three notes. D, B, and C, and F sharp. And then maybe... You know, like an A triad down to a G, that triad, and and then maybe I'll go down to the, the the G thing. Now here's another idea with A minor. You can take sixths like this. Yeah. And you can play them like this. <laughs> Good. So for my A minor, I can go. Isn't that cool? And that business right there is a whole other world in itself because it could be G, right? Yeah. Or it can be C. That's beautiful. Or it can be Yeah. Or it can be E minor. 
or A minor. And sometimes I go bluegrass on you like so. I love that stuff. Yeah. And I, I mean, so, so just that alone can be the A minor, but if you do it here, I don't know, I, I shouldn't play a C sharp in there. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, it's hilarious. Got the leaf incoming. blower right out. <laughs> yeah, incoming, yeah. Gardeners well, are cool. The thing is, their day is Thursdays, so here it is Wednesday and they're here. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? Yeah, it's Murphy's yeah, anytime, Law. Anytime you're going to do some home recording on acoustic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll so, wait till he gets by. <laughs> yeah, man. So I had this great experience one time. Larry Carlton called me and said, Can you uh, sub for me Friday on a gig with my wife? And I go, What does she do? And he goes, She's a contemporary Christian singer. So I said, Yeah, when's the rehearsal? First of all, he said, uh, What do you charge? And I, and he, oh, and the gig was in Houston, so, uh, or Dallas or something. And so he goes, What do you charge? And I named a price and he goes, Double it. And I go, Okay. <laughs> nice. So they flew me down there and everything, but I said, When's the rehearsal? And he goes, Eh, no rehearsal, just come over to the house and I'll show you what I played on the records. And so we went through each tune and he showed me all this great inventive rhythm stuff that he was doing. And it just opened my mind to going, and there's more, you know, like, you oh, know, yeah. like he showed me a few little things. I don't even remember what they were, but probably some R&B licks and stuff that, you know, everybody knows. And uh, yeah, like, like that kind of stuff. And um, I took that home and, and just started thinking about yeah. inventive rhythm guitar other than just playing the chords, you know, more, more chord melody, right, right, you so know, so. That kind of launched you in a new direction. Yeah. So yeah, hit us with some Little Wing if you, if you want. Let's try some of it. That's I, I was just going to say, I always loved how we'd have you at MI do, we do these clinics or an open oh, yeah, house yeah. and say, hey, check out one of our teachers here. <laughs> you right. could study with this guy every week. <laughs> That's right. Well, let's have him play a little Little Wing for you. And you come yeah. out with just a guitar and a cable and an amp, and you right, just play yeah. it, and I yeah. would just be transported every time. I loved it. Cool. I'll play a chorus or two.
would applaud if I wasn't holding the camera right <laughs> oh, now. That's cool. Yeah, that was a little rough, but... <laughs> that was beautiful. Cool. Yeah, thanks. Wow. Carl, man. Do you, how do you keep your chops up, like, at your stage? Wow. Do you practice every day? Yeah, like, I play all the time. I play every day. Do you yeah. run, like, certain and exercises, I, too? Or, you I'm really... a guy that, I don't believe in exercises. I just, yeah. just want to play music, and, and I think everything you need to exercise your hands is there. I mean, every once in a while, if I fly across the country... You know, or, or you know, and you don't get a chance to play. I might do a, a thing where I just take a like a scale like F and play eighth notes, right? And to the metronome, make it triplets. Eighth notes, quarter notes, triplets. Eighth notes triplets and just try to mix that up to where because yeah. you notice when a lot of guys double time they don't really double time they're either faster than the groove or not there you know slower than the groove so i try to make sure that when when you double time your time is just spot on and i think just i mean just taking a simple scale like that and with a metronome and then maybe try to make it a little faster but do it clean so you're not getting any because yeah. when the minute you put some distortion on there you know you're, you're hiding whatever um, right. Whatever uh, flubs you're doing, and tone has to do with hitting it clean. You know, I mean that—that's what yeah. I believe. And Whether the, you're playing with distortion or not, if you—if you're—if you've got funky chops that don't really play all those notes and hit all those notes spot on and clearly, then I don't care how much gain you have. You know, it's not going to be good. Now you do this beautiful bend thing that you sneak into different solos that I really love. Like, I wonder what it this is. This new album, first of all, is just so juicy. Oh, thanks. Essential wow. Blues. <laughs> I got it in the mail. Right like, on. I, can you showed up like three weeks ago. Wow, well, cool. Before like, it came out. I'm calling Carl up. <laughs> yeah, right on. We got to hang. I know you got a tour coming up. Yeah, yeah. You got um, clinics in Europe. You're always a handful, busy. A handful of those, and then a, then about a three week tour after that. But fantastic. There's yeah. this beautiful. There's so I don't know where to begin. So I was thinking of starting with uh, dodging the blues. Maybe I'll play a little bit of it right oh, okay. now. Well, that ties really nicely into what we were just doing with, with Little Wing because that was an F-sharp minor blues. And the story is my neighbor across the street, a guy named Mark Dodge, actually got ALS, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah, and so I watched over five years the guy just go down, 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 and they finally, you know, they finally had to let him go. So the day he died, I just kind of came in here and just decided that I would write a... Um, a minor blues, right? Because I was working on this blues record. Wow, what a story behind Isn't that, that wild? song. Yeah, I mean, so I just I just picked up my guitar and started playing it. And I have this this thing called a Soledad, which um, is, it's a Tele-style body made by LSL, who make my signature strap. But this guitar is really cool. It's got an amazing humbucker in the back and a, and a great sounding P90. And you wouldn't think the two would work together. But it also has this other thing going on, which is it's got a block of wood down the middle, like a 335. Right. And the back is chambered, and therefore, the chamber, um, the the back being chambered, feeds into these F holes. 
So it's kind of got a little speaker going on back here, and it's really, really a neat guitar to play. So I was thinking about um, the great telly guys like Roy Buchanan, you know? Yeah. And um, so I was thinking, like, uh, this would be an F-sharp minor. You could go... And then for B minor, I'd go... And then for F-sharp minor... Something like that. Then I got this lick idea for B minor. You know, bend up to a B minor, then... And then I think there's a D flat. Maybe uh, some cool line, then... You know, for, Here, for count it off. Two, three. Much better. That was beautiful. Oh, thanks. Just trying to get warmed up. <laughs> but you are just a nut. So congratulations on this new record. The bend I was actually talking about was there. It's like, I think it's like on the going to the four chord on the uh -huh. second time around on the intro. Wow. It's just like, it's just kind it of a country bend. Yeah, but the yeah. way you place it, it's wow. like, you, it's like, okay, the technique I think is something that we maybe comes from Joe country. Walsh might do or oh, yeah. country players or oh, yeah. Hotel California. I learned all that Joe Walsh bending, man. And actually yeah. he was really responsible uh, for me, um, 
you know, in, in the late 70s, I was, really, I was really immersed in jazz. I had this tunnel vision. I was learning hundreds of standards, literally about 150 yeah. standards. And I was just totally jazz man. And I was into guys like Matheny and Schofield and some of the modern cast, but I was really trying to be a, figure out how to play through changes. And one day I was driving in my car and I heard this Joe Walsh solo on the radio. And it was called, uh, it was from the Eagles tune, Those Shoes, you know, that one that goes, wow, wow. Right. And his solo in the key of E minor is just so badass <laughs> and so gut-wrenching that I just went, man, what am I doing? I can play 26 choruses of Stella Roy Starlight, but this is the music of my people. And it's just like, <laughs> nice. you know, I was pretty young and I was going, you know, I was, I was thinking, you know, at that moment, I go, if I dig it, I must learn it. If I like Albert Lee and, and James Burton, I got to learn yeah. that. If I like the classical guys, I got to learn that. And I just started changing my direction that it, anything I liked, I learned. And I'm still that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, just if, it, if it's good music and it's... Yeah. And do you sometimes, like, I'll be driving home and I'll be going, man, why don't I know, why don't I know what that song is? You know, like, if you, if, if you really analyze music... To a point where uh, you go, why is it that when Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys comes on, I never turn it off? I always listen to the end, even though I've heard it 10,000 times, you know? And the reason is because it's just a great song, and I don't really know what's going on. Because when you hear it, it's kind of like... I love the colorful clothes she wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her hair and, but, but when you really kind of analyze it, it's no more than... Yeah. Yeah. I'm picking up good vibration. So what I do is I'll be driving home from a gig or from a thing or whatever, and I'll hear a song on the radio and I'll just kick my ass and go, you know, why don't I know that? Why don't I know that Elton John song? It's got such great harmony, and I can't really tell where he's going. You know, because a lot of right. stuff you hear on the radio, you go, oh yeah. yeah, that's a C, and he's going to D7, and he's going to G. So that's one of the one of the things I always do is is like. If I dig it, I must learn it, whether it's a song yeah. or a lick. or uh, Yeah, dude. I literally took inspiration from you from that, because I remember you had mentioned that Joe, Joe Walsh story a long yeah. time ago, probably at one of those MI clinics. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, why don't I know the Hotel California solo? Yeah. I mean, it's such everybody a knows the ending part. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but I finally sat down and just... Yeah. Yeah. Just like learn the whole thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's the other guy. That's Don Felder, right? That's Back and Felder. Forth. Are they going? Oh, oh really? I thought that was Felder. And then when you hear the sort of phased, you know. Well, that wait, that wait. What was that? No, the next lick. Yeah. Let's try that again. Three, four. That's it, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it, man. You go, you know, he picks that last note. He goes, he goes. He picks the A. Yeah. Yeah, because I used to go one finger, right? Yeah. But you gotta go. He actually yeah. restrikes it, which makes it just uniquely his. And then I think that's that's the bend that I, I hear you do a little thing. 
So oh, yeah, sweet. it's in I there? can listen to it like three wow. or four times, but wow. you do it in totally your own way. <laughs> wow, I wonder what it is. You know, because well, there's a whole Hendrix thing going on, too, where with you have a minor chord like C minor. He, he does yeah. stuff like... And that, that is, that <laughs> is his killing little... me, that's so sweet. And that's, that's from yeah. Freedom. That's what I yeah. want. And it's those one finger things. My friend Lord, yeah. Lauren Lieber, great guitar player, calls it frog fingers, where you got frog two fingers. two strings under one finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you do this, the second one, you do it like I'm this. I'm in the wrong key. Okay, wait. I so mean, C. You're up at the yeah. 11th fret of the first string. Yeah, and then... And this one, you're starting on the... I'm starting on 11th. B flat. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That G, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, he 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 pulls Hendrix will pull yeah. pull the E flat. I love all that stuff. Let me see if I can find this for you real quick. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> So that's this, right? So it's a B minor, yeah. That's the same band we were just doing, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The way you just lead up into it, I got to hear it again. Yeah. I have a lick to go for F sharp minor, like his. Uh, so I, pr- I think I went. Something like that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just it was improvised, and I and I actually yeah. screwed it up because I meant to play an open A. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Sometimes, even when we screw yeah. up, it's like, yeah. that's the take. There's a tune of mine that that I was doing this. I was doing one of those Star Trek movies over at Warner mm-hmm. Brothers, and I had a. They wanted me to you know be super loud and Jeff Beck sounding, so they put me in an ISO room with the orchestra out there. But I was in this like closed room and I got to the session day three or something and I looked at the music and I had nothing to play from 10 to 1 I had literally tacit sheets they screwed up they should have not had me be there but they had to pay me right and right. but anyway so I just said man I'm unplugging my speakers and plugging into this rack gear I have and I'm just gonna write some some lines and I was thinking about F sharp minor and I wrote uh, It's a tune, uh, a tune off of one of my records, right? And I, I had the whole first three hours to myself, and I just plugged headphones into my rig. And I, the first thing I wrote was that, and then I came down on a D chord, E minor, A. So I, I reprise that lick in this tune, but instead of going, oops, I went. I played an open E actually, and I went after I listened to it. I went, eh, it's just something different, you know. It's all right. <laughs> open E it. will work. <laughs> I love tra- tracing the evolution of licks when they see how I they know. all go back. But then, it, of course, 
And I really want to find out what made you started playing guitar in the first place. But this whole session side of you is fascinating. Like many of us have done sessions, mm -hmm. some pro sessions, some high budget sessions. Very few of us have played with a session where there's a huge orchestra right, playing man. with it. What is that like? I mean, how you? I mean, God. you know, when you're the when you're the uh, principal soloist and you got all those guys doing take after take until you feel good about it, that's a scary thing. Because you see those string players, you know, and they kind of roll their eyes and they, they don't they don't dig take after take. I remember I was doing that movie Ratatouille and I had a nylon string solo, kind of in the style of Django. They wanted that sort of vibrato and they it was a beautiful piece of music and I just... I go, you know, I, I got a better one. They go, you ha are you happy? And then the third one, and then finally I started seeing they were getting a little worn out, you know, just doing the same tune over and over again. But so, you know, what I do is I show up early and look at the music and I go, oh my God, they got me doing a solo on this tune. I really ought to start, you know, just start shedding it whenever I have a tacit sheet, whenever, you know, just turn your volume down and, and, and make sure that when it comes around, I'm just going to own it. So I, I kind of cheat and look ahead. Well, I have to hear how you got to that point where... The top yeah. composers and producers in L.A. would call you for work like that. I know you've done so much stuff. Like, <laughs> I mean, this might be a good time, first of all. Tell, tell us about that one really, really, really tough session you had. Oh, uh, and it, I'm actually oh, joking yeah, around a, and being sarcastic. No, there was a, there was a gig where the um, composer asked me if he could send messenger over some music because he goes, it's difficult. <laughs> I go, yeah, I'm not doing anything today. You know, and the session was like nine o'clock tomorrow. So he brought over this music and um, I looked at it and I went, God, there's nothing to it. It's in six, eight time. Maybe it's super fast. So I kind of learned the melody. Maybe he wants it eight VA. Octave up. Yeah, octave up. Maybe he wants it harmonized, you know, something like that. I just kind of really shed it and, and came into the session. And I brought a student with me. And I'll never forget, it was Jeff Procaro on drums and Abraham Laboreal on bass. And, uh, you know, so, and I'm high-fiving the lads, the guys. And my student thinks, wow, what a great world this is, you know. And plug into my rig, and I'm all tuned up. And they go, okay, Carl, we're going to start with that one you worked on. 1M15, and I go, uh-oh, they sent over 1M12. So You're I go, freaking I, me out here. Yeah, so I go to 1M15, and it's just a black page. And what <laughs> it was, was a, it was a, it was chord voicings. I remember the first chord was an a, a, a D, D9 over A, or an A minor 6, right? And then there was like a... But 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 you had to you had to cut notes out because you only have six strings and so I go oh my god I never seen this before and I am going um and he goes okay you ready you so know you don't I, even get to fess up that hey I didn't I got the wrong sheet and I'm way in the back it was when Universal uh, still had a studio up there so it must have been the eighties I'm way in the back of the room and um, and uh, you know I'm going oh, excuse me excuse me okay let's count it you know so so I get to about bar three and fold right. And there were about 18 bars solo guitar before the orchestra comes in. So I go, just a second, just a second. So I'm going, okay, this is nothing more than a D minor ninth. I got it. Okay. And this chord, oh, God, I got to drop that F out. I can, I can make this. It's, it's an A flat diminished. And so I was trying to just put fret numbers, you know, like uh, position numbers yeah, yeah. over the top like I do and use the second finger here and then jump to the seventh position and use an open string here, you know, just trying to mark all that in. And so then I'd get up to about bar nine, have to start over. And pretty soon the string players, you can see them sort of grumbling over there. And it was a big, it was about 58 people, right? And, uh, and then 
I finally get to like within sight of bar 18 when the band comes in and then there's going to be maybe a repeat and I don't have to stretch. You don't have to worry so much. I get to that point and like I fold at about bar 15 and you know, then I can, and I see these bows going up, you know, like they pick up their bows by now because they've counted the 18 bars and anyway, they're about to start playing and I fold again, you know, just <sighs> screw it up. And so I finally got it, but it took 45 minutes to get it. And it was because of the pressure, I think. I probably could have learned it in a half an hour at home, you know. Right. And, but they no. sent me the wrong thing. And then I went you up to the composer. Though. The composer was named David McHugh. And I did a movie called Moscow on the Hudson with him. This wasn't that. This was something else. I don't even remember this. I've blocked it out. <laughs> but I, I, I did another movie with him, so it, he, he didn't you know, cut me out of his life, but mm. it was a scary day, man. Dude, I just got stressed out hearing that story. God, that's, <laughs> that's gnarly. Very yeah, tough. yeah. But you, but you know, eventually it. you get to a point in your career, whether you're um, a good reader or not, where you just have to take the attitude, and I believe it's justified that, hey, wait a minute, I'm the expert on the guitar in this room. You know, and, and, and if this is unplayable, I'll tell you, you know, and a lot of, you know, as I got older and did it more and more of the studio thing, I was able to say, you know, that's okay. But what a guitar player would do, he'd drop that F sharp out of that chord and just do this, you know, just make it a power chord. Or, you know, what yeah. a guitar player would do is this is more, if you're going for rockabilly, this is more what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember one guy um, wrote this thing that says, in the style of Les Paul. And I go, you know, that's not what Les Paul plays. He plays this stuff. And I just kind of showed him, you know, and he goes, oh, do that. And right. so you get a little more confidence and you get, you get, you get to um, just go in with the attitude of, wait, I'm the expert here. And, you know, you hired right. me for that reason. And uh, this one guy, Graham Ravel, great composer for an, a movie thing. He had this movie called The Crow. And he had, uh, I'd never worked for him before. And I got recommended to go up to his studio. And he had this thing going on where... He had the movie, you know, the film up, and The Crow is a gnarly kind of a goth film, you know. And he goes, okay, the guy's on top of the uh, on top of a skyscraper playing the guitar, and at the end he's going to throw it off, and I want you to play this. And he puts this music in front of me, which was this, you know, kind of a, you know, I would imagine it was. I'm, I'm just making it up. It's like. But 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 his hands his hands are shredding. They're going up right. the neck like this, and I go, you know, I can read this, but with all due respect, you know, I'll read, I'll read what you wrote, but it kind of bugs me that his hands are blazing and and the music is a ballad. And he goes, well, what would you do? And then he turns to his engineer, and he goes, roll tape. So I I did it. <laughs> I did I did what what you do, you know, like. Mm -hmm. It's just some shred lick that blaze up the guitar. And then I used a wang bar and threw, you know, when he's throwing it off, I just threw it down to blubber land, you know. And he goes, that was the take. That was perfect. And he, and he said, from now on, I'm going to give you your double union double scale and pay you a couple hundred bucks an hour to ghostwrite everything I write for guitar. In other words, Whoa. you got it. And I just went, wow. So I'm going home here with... You know, like a fifteen hundred dollar three hour day or something like that. I went. This is great. I love these stories, man. And you know, okay. Now the story. I was actually when I first brought up the subject of these mm -hmm. sessions, I was being sarcastic because it actually wasn't a terribly difficult session. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell us, yeah. tell us about that oh, one. Oh, those guys. It. Yeah, they said, "Can you play like you've been playing for three days? You know, or for for a week?" And I said, "Yeah." And I put a G chord. And they go, "No, that's too good. Can you play like you've been playing for?" Uh, one day, and I go, well, how about this? D, 
now that's you're too like good. You're like playing the chords in the wrong frets. Yeah, just just playing a D chord a half step down. Then they go, "How about this? Gee, Dad, thanks for the guitar." That's what that's what that was the <laughs> that was the direction. So I said, "Okay, how about this?" You know. So I turned it over and just tried to play a G chord. You know, like. Uh, you know, something like that, and they go perfect. <laughs> so oh, that's great. Yeah. So you just turned your guitar around and put your right with your right hand on the neck yeah. and your left hand with the pick. Yeah. If is anyone it, has ever not tried that after you've become a guitar player, it's you, you can't stunningly do it. difficult yeah. to play even one note. I know, and you go, "Wow, I see what these beginners are up against, man. This is a this is hard." So yeah, it takes you back. Yeah, it does. So, where did you grow up, and what did your parents do? What? Uh, and how did you get into guitar? Yeah, I grew up in Pasadena, you know, in Pasadena, California, and uh, went to school with David Lee Roth and those guys. Van Halen borrowed one of my Les Pauls when we were in, like, P- at PCC, Pasadena City College, and said, thanks, man, and he dropped it into the case from about two feet high, two and a half, three Just feet high. Just trying to show off or something? I don't know. He was Maybe he was a little wasted, but we were we were trading sets with those guys, and he walked over and... You know, can I play your guitar? And it was it was a Les Paul, right? And I sure. And I go, Ed, what are you doing, man? And he goes, Oh, sorry, man. But uh, no, but I went to um, uh, I grew up in Pasadena and started playing the guitar. On my eleventh birthday, I got a guitar and my first lesson. Were your parents musical or like how did they you... really were? Yeah, my 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 grandmothers were both piano players my dad played the drums and uh, in high school and stuff and actually sang pretty well and they both you know they both loved music and you know had a massive record collection i remember listening to so much you know joe beam stuff i'm actually playing spain by chicoria but this kind of samba bossa nova Anyway, they, they played tons of bossa nova samba stuff, and I've and Sinatra, you know, and I I couldn't get to sleep at night without them playing that stuff. That's but then, beautiful. but then, you know, there was this show that happened in um, Pasadena at PCC KPPC that was the Johnny Otis show, and it was on like late at night on a Sunday, like it came on at eleven thirty or midnight or something, and I'd always want to listen to it because it was sort of the R and B guys and of course the Beatles blew me away and all those British invasion guys and I love the Stones and Did you were you obsessed with music before you got the guitar? And Yeah, or? I was getting there, you know, because my friend's sister had one and my dad had a ukulele and I'd grab it and play it. But I mean it was it was um it's a very interesting thing. The song Mr. Tambourine Man by the Birds came out and that knocked me out even more than what I was hearing from the Beatles already, you know? And so, I don't know. But, and if I analyze it, I think it's just that that 12 string just jumps out of the radio and, you know, turn, 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 you know, that stuff, you know? And I own a Rickenbacker 12 string, of course. You got to have that. But, but, um, uh, all that stuff, you know, and the Beatles and everything, it just, it just, it really resonated. And I, I went straight down that path. But then, as with all of us, I think we're just into music, we're into rock and roll, but then with as a guitar player, when you started hearing the virtuoso guitar players like Clapton playing in Cream and Hendrix playing and and you know some of the Jeff Beck stuff, you know, you go, "Wow, there's a whole other level." And this is well before I discovered country or jazz or anything else, you know. Right, right. So, so were you 
I mean, how did I'm fascinated with the making of the monster here? <laughs> how, how did you? Were you? Did you have great teachers growing up, and when you were still a teenager, and were you shedding with the discipline, or were you just rocking out? God, I mean, or somewhere I, in between. It was. It was more somewhere in between. I joined bands. I got bands going, and, and was in bands. So yeah. there was lots of band practice and, and stuff. And then I remember transcribing. You know, not writing it down, but transcribing yeah. all of like the Allman Brothers live in the Fillmore. I mean, I even learned how to go. You know. Dwayne Allman's slide part without a slide. Yeah. I even tried to learn Beautiful. all that stuff and 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 just see, okay, what is it that's going on there, you know? Um, and then I remember, you know, being infatuated with Cream and, and just blown away by all that stuff. That blew me away. Crossroads is still a solo that I maintain yearly, you know, just make sure I know exactly all those little nuances. All that great stuff. And... Um, Hendrix was a little bit over my head. I was a little too young for Jimmy when he came out. You know, Purple Haze and stuff was just like, God, that's, I don't get it, you know, until a few yeah. years later. And where I really got Hendrix was once I heard um, uh, the Band of Gypsy stuff, because I could hear great lead guitar playing, you know, because they were stretching out live. But, you know, once I heard that and, you know, have you ever been, have you ever been, to electric lady land. That stuff just blew me away, you know. Man, you were just an encyclopedia. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> you remember all this stuff, which is very cool. Well, I, I don't have a very good memory. And I've, I've, been, I've been doing the song live. I've been doing the song Sail on Sailor by the Beach, Boy, and, the Beach Boys. And that song has, because, uh, you know, it's such a badass shuffle. You know the tune? Maybe you want to hear it. I sail an ocean. Unsettled ocean through restful waters and deep commotion, often frightened, unenlightened. Say, Lord, say, Lord, say, I rest the water. Anyway, just one of those kind of tunes. The lyrics are so hard to remember. And I go, God damn, I must be getting old because I'm just really struggling with with those lyrics. And then one day I woke up knowing them. So who knows? But <laughs> So take me to the... I have to revisit this thing. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. mentioned in passing mm-hmm. <laughs> you played a, like a backyard party with Van Halen or something? Like, well, no, I mean, we, like, we, would, we would play... Um, a lot of the dances around there, and yeah. there was a lot of co- a lot of schools. So there'd be like St. Francis High, La Cañada High, um, John Muir, Mayfield Girls School, Sacred Heart Girls School, um, La Crescenta, and those their band and our band would always be doing all those gigs. I and mean, one time there was a place called the Flintridge Riding Club, like a horseback riding thing, and they had an L-shaped room with two stages, and we would we were alternating. And the Van Halen guys were doing that. And we finished our set with Going Home by 10 Years After. And they started their set with that just to piss us off. <laughs> so awesome. anyway. What else do you so. remember about playing these early shows with them? Well, that was the only one I did. But, but uh, I, at PCC, Pasadena City College, they had this, um, this quad area where everybody would have lunch. right? And um, those guys played it a bunch of times. And so do we. You know, they, were, yeah. they were way good. They were already pretty burning. Pretty yeah. loud, pretty loud, and uh, you know it was it wasn't quite baked yet, but it was getting there, I'm sure. 
I, be, I remember being pretty impressed, but... Were they going by Van Halen then, or were they like Mammoth? Ma- Mammoth, maybe Some, Mammoth, yeah, I don't remember. Is, I can try to remember the name. But I just remember David Lee Roth, he was in my psychology class, you know, Psych 1 or something, kind of the class clown in the front <laughs> row. Great guy, though. <laughs> I but take I, it your yeah. Les Paul survived the Yeah, it didn't drop. break the neck, even though I was really, you know, thinking this thing's going yeah. down. Les Pauls don't like to be dropped. So how did you become... A professional guitarist. Did well, you so uh, I never go to really college did, or anything? Yeah, or? I, I didn't really do anything else. I was playing and teaching a little bit at the youth house and 15, 16, 17. And then um, one day my family went to this restaurant in Pasadena called the Sawmill. And I remember I was 17 and I was we were walking out and I heard this guy singing in the bar, you know, singing Van Morrison, Jackson Brown. And I go, you know what? I think I can do that. So I went and asked the manager... You know, mom, dad, I'll be right out. Can I audition for you? And he goes, yeah. Check you out. So he goes, come, he goes, come back tomorrow. So I came back the next day and I played, um, I mean, I've honestly played note for note. Something like that, right? On my acoustic. Anyway, I remember playing that and he loved it and then I sang a Van Morrison tune Crazy Love and then maybe one more I don't even remember what it was and he goes okay you got the job pays $35 a night your Sundays and Mondays and he goes I go great that's like more money than you'll ever see you know then he goes you are 18 aren't you and I go no I'm 17 when do you turn 18 Uh, April which is like three months away so he goes okay come back in April and you got the job so I came back in April and hoping he'd remember and and he gave me the gig and I did it for three or four months and then he put me on Tuesday through Saturday which paid 75 a night living at home you know and uh, the only drag was I kind of had to drop out of my band but now I'm making more money than any of those guys and then I met this beautiful babe and I followed her she she lived in Massachusetts so I followed her out there you know and got a little apartment and my piano player buddy came and we were doing a duo in some restaurant then he went home I met Max Roach the jazz drummer wow and I was just started to getting into jazz you know I mean because uh, while I was at the sawmill there was a guy that came in and said hey man um you want to jam? I like the way you play. And he was an older guy. And I go, yeah. And he goes, come on over to the house tomorrow. So I go over to his house and he puts some music in front of me and it's an F major seventh, you know, like the first first chord on bar one. Yeah. And the second chord was D minor seven flat five. And so like, you know, I'm like 18 or 19 and I go, let's see, D minor seven. If I go one, two, three, four, five, flat the fifth. Is this it? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, but you know, this is a richer voice. And of course, you could use the open string. A lot of guys play it on the, like this. Of course, if you like the flat five and the bass, this is good. You could put the seventh on top or the seventh <laughs> on the bottom. This is probably my favorite voice. A lot of guys use this. This is a real standard one you'll find. This is nice. Of course, an F minor six is the same chord. So anytime you have F minor six, you have the same chord. And my brain just exploded, you know. Was, it he, was he was a guitar player? Yeah. And he right. showed me all these ways to play this chord that I'd, heretofore I'd never seen. And that kind of like, I just went, oh my God, I'm like I'm looking over this wall at this huge, vast plateau of knowledge, the jazz world. Yeah. And that's when I just kind of immersed myself in it and said, you know. And, and the weird thing is I sort of walked away from a potential record deal, although I'm, I'm glad I did because I really wasn't any good, but I had a potential record deal 
some multimillionaire guy that was the heir to the Jurgens hand lotion money was tipping me a hundred bucks to play Moon Dance, you know. Whatever that is. Right. You know, the Van Morrison, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, so. So I, I walked away from that and said, I need to go to music school. So I went to, went to Berkeley College of Music for one semester and then realized, you know what? It's, it's experience I need. So I moved back, lived down in Newport Beach for a while and kind of took over the scene in a way. You know, I was getting all these great gigs with all these guys. And then I realized the big fish are up here in L.A. And the drummer and bass player that I was playing with lived together in North Hollywood. So in 1980... I moved back up to, you know, L.A. and started to sneak into the studio scene a little bit. So, yeah. isn't that weird? You know, but, but, and, that's, and that's exactly the moment when I just decided, you know what, I want to be able to play. Um... Country stuff, <laughs> and I would like to know how to go, you know, play classical guitar a little bit. I have kind of let that slide a bit. <laughs> but I just wanted to learn shred guitar and rockabilly guitar and country guitar and get my blues chops back and just say, I'm going to put the, the Gibson 175 away for a while and get, get these other instruments out. and just Because if you dig it, you must learn it. You know, that I was my do. motto. That's a great motto. That's the theme of this, yeah. <laughs> this afternoon, I tell you. <laughs> right on, cool. So, yeah, just speaking of jazz, I mean, you got so many just juicy flavors on this tasty like pentatonic blues all the way up to like there's like a kind of like a whole half diminished scale kind oh of yeah blues. yeah yeah that uh stealing gasoline too yeah right. that solo is so fun I love all the. I love all that diminished stuff, you know. It's so playful sounding. I, I got really into the diminished scale and, and and use it all the time for stuff, but you can't, you know. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of places where you can't, but yeah, it's yeah you can, if you mix it in with the mixolydian and with the blues minor pentatonic and stuff, it really is effective. Well, the way you do it on the record too, with some with some string jumps and stuff, it just mm -hmm. has a real playful, bouncy kind of sound. Oh, good. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and then another great moment is the, uh, you know, you're throwing these kind of walking bass jazz kind of yeah. more Joe Pass approach mm -hmm. blues on the song. Baby, baby, what's on your worrying mind? Said, baby, baby, what's on your worrying mind? Love you, baby, I hate your hurting kind. Baby, baby, I got news for you. Yeah, if you take it, if you take a, a bass line, you know, like say if I'm play, I'm playing in B flat, you know, I can go.
what I did Sweet. on the record, I, I just decided to do like a G. Uh, That that uh, that stuff, it. you know, you get you work out some patterns for that, like two five one patterns and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I've, you know, I do some of that with like you know, learn from I think Tuck Andress first showed oh, yeah. me that stuff back in the day. Isn't I, you he know what? cool? He is yeah. so cool. So We've sure. done some festivals together around the world, and and one thing I've noticed is one of your signatures is the way you tap your foot. Like right just now, if you're listening, you hear the two the two and the four. Uh, yeah. But you you're rocking the heel on the one oh, and wow. three. You know, this is a bad habit. I've, I've had no, to take cool. my sho- I've had to take my shoes off at at, at various <laughs> sessions sometimes if I get getting into it. But you know, when it's just solo guitar, you know, it, yeah. I think it's totally fine. As a matter of fact, some stages, if you're playing like a solo acoustic gig, some stages when you can just get in there and go and just get the stage to resonate. Yeah. So you sad. monster. Oh, thanks, man. You're buddies with Brad Paisley a little bit, huh? Yeah, I've played with him a few times. That guy's super cool. Yeah, Great tell guy. Me, tell me about your... Well, the funniest thing happened, I was playing on this movie Cars, Cars 2 or one of those, and they and Lassiter, you know, the cat that runs Pixar or whatever, he 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 brought Brad Paisley in and said, hey, 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 everybody in the orchestra, this is Brad Paisley. And Brad and every, you know all the string players and stuff they don't know who he is right so I'm That's in the hilarious. back with I think it was with Tim May the guitar player and and we go yo Brad you know because I had jammed with him once before and he goes wow Carl what 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 year is that telly and he comes over he comes over to the guitar area and meanwhile we're you know this is thousands of dollars a minute right at, <laughs> at a soundstage Fox or something. And I go, yeah, this is a 1960 Tele Custom. And he goes, wow, can I check it out? So the, the contractor goes, okay, everybody, take a 10, you know, because uh, we guitar don't... Guitar time. We, we, guitar time. So we jammed, and he goes, I'm, I'm tracking the, uh, the end title to the movie over at Capitol tomorrow. You want to come? I go, yeah. So I went down there and watched him, watch how he records his band and stuff, which is really cool in... in he... he he had the entire band set up in the room, drums, keyboard, bass, and everybody's playing in the room. And he's in the center of the room with gobos around him that were tall, but windows. He could yep. see everybody. And he could play and sing in there at the same time with a couple of amp heads, with a wire, you know, speaker wire going to a cabinet in an ISO booth. So he could run the whole band singing and everything. And... Uh, I go, man, I got to do that. He had Studio A and B both opened up to where he was using the whole thing. Fantastic. I go, man, I got to, you know, because A alone is two grand a day, you know. So when you get A and B and you block book those for a couple days to do your tune, I'm going, man, that is, that's living large. <laughs> that's high budge. So no kidding. Um, tell me about your high budge gig. How, how's Super Tramp these days? Well, the Tramp is um, somewhat on hold because the leader of the band, who's a dear friend and a great guy and an amazing musician, Rick Davies, he got a cancer called multiple myeloma, which is not really curable. It's just maintainable. And although he's doing really well, um, 
He just doesn't have the energy to get back out there. And we had to cancel like a 36 arena tour that was mostly sold out in 2015. And, uh, you know, I had the whole fall blocked for that, meaning rehearsals and then yeah. vocal rehearsals and then, then the tour. And um, we got a call like the third day of August saying it's it's, it's not happening. He's, he's, he's really bad. And so, you know, he pulled through and he's, but he's, he's maintaining it with like, some sort of chemo pill and steroids. Regimen. Yeah, so I don't think he's got the energy to get out there. And I noticed they were asking if we could do Desert Trip this year. And so I called him and go, come on, man, let's just do it. It'll be really fun. And he goes, I just can't do it. And then they canceled that Desert Trip anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I guess that would have been coming up, wouldn't it? Yeah, Obviously, but, but yeah. that band is really a great bunch of guys. And I, I dig, the, I dig the, um, the freedom I have, you know, because... In those kind of bands, like the Eagles and stuff, you're really expected to play the solos on the record. But when I joined, I was like 29 years old, and I, 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 they had this new record out called Brother, Where You Bound? And it had a David Gilmore solo that was like seven minutes long at the end of the record. And they go, we want you to learn it note for note. And I said, you know what? It'd be cool is if I learned how he begins it, I can't believe I had the audacity to do this, but I told him, <laughs> if I learn how he begins it and how he ends it, um, let me just improvise in the middle because I think there'll be new heights that, you know, because of the crowd and because of the energy. And I'll stick to his kind of game plan of building it like this and then ending with this and starting with that. And um, I'll never forget that it was like G sharp minor, F sharp minor. minor. What's the name of the song? Uh, Brother, Where You Bound, I think. Oh, yeah. E. That's it, right? right? You know, right? kind of went off you know and but but yeah. i started really slow and kind of built it and they 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 said okay we'll give it a shot you know we'll let you try that so i did it and they liked it and then they had another solo at the end of um goodbye stranger you know yeah you know that too oh, right beautiful song. and yeah and it starts with a wah-wah thing so i i started with that and then i just played played the blues you know which is oh yeah you did, 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 I, yeah, that bit. yeah. I threw a few of those licks, you know. Uh. Yeah, whatever it is. Well, but, key, right. but anyway, and, and they let me get away with that, and then slowly but surely, um, and, and and they had never done anything where it's open, you know, to where I'll I'll just cue the end, you know. They had wow. never done that. It was always timed out. You know, you get four times through, and then with the lights and everything, and so yeah. I kind of. Got him to do that. Brought some of that <laughs> yeah. spontaneity to the Yeah, band. and you know, the funny thing is, those guys are all really, not all of them, but those guys are really into jazz and blue note. I mean, Rick, yeah. the keyboard guy, he's into like Ray Charles and Horace Silver, and he knows lyrics to hundreds of Chuck Berry tunes. Yeah. So you wouldn't, 
because a lot of the stuff you you remember is like you know take a look at my girlfriend almost like english dance hall music you know but a lot of what he he brought to the party was more of a soul thing Uh, my first big guitar lesson my first gig i ever played was at music camp where we all had to get up and perform at the end of the week-long camp Uh, the song was give a little bit give a little bit I remember when we were learning it, you know, it goes uh, to the bridge. Yeah. And my guitar teacher at camp, he showed me this part where the chords, it's A7, open position. But yeah. then he's like going up two frets. Right. Another fret. And I was yeah. just like, holy crap, there's a million. I thought I knew the chords. Look at all these. He's throwing yeah, yeah. a million chords yeah. everywhere. They're everywhere. So we call those hippie chords. <laughs> these ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think of those as blues. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that is. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You, but, but you know, but if you go. Yeah, yeah. Or. Yeah, I remember that. Th- those are those are hippie. Those are hippie chords, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. There's another super tramp tool called tune called School, and in that tune they go. You know, with an E chord. Nice so, parts. But it's it's something that the guitar can do, huh? That not everything oh, else. No, the guitar is inimitable. I know. They can't imi- that's Nobody a, can touch us. It's really, I'm not yet. I mean, yeah, yeah, they, they, just, they, they can't sample us. Right. And uh, yeah. you know what chord progression? I, a song that I actually think is so beautiful that, it, you know, it's almost underrated. It's mm-hmm. Long Way Home. Oh, what a gorgeous song. How does it... And then it goes to E minor. Yeah, I kind of wrote up my own little chart. F6. F over A. If I play rhythm, will you just play over that? Or well, I mean, there's not really a solo in that tune, but I, but I can do it. Isn't that just great? Chord progression? Yeah. I don't Stay know, on that band? Yeah, okay.
what's another good progression is Logical Song is a nice, also in C minor. Yeah, it's got a I'm, cool little bar or two in it. It's a good, it's a good little tune. Yeah, that's like I mean. Yeah. Really good stuff. I mean, they're, they're, those guys can really write some great, great hit tunes. You guys were traveling large. I think like Learjet stuff, yeah. man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Serious uh, private jet action. That was <laughs> good fun. Big crowds too, and you know, lots of girls. That that's a chick magnet band for some reason. Not because we're attractive. It's just because the music. Very singable. Girl, girls like it. They like uh, to sing. People. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. like to sing, I know. Great yeah. melody. I covered, um, the, on one of my records, I covered uh, Bloody Well Right. And I do it like a, like a swampy. So you think your school is phony? And I actually did it with slide, like an open tuning slide that, thing. That is such a great song. But yeah, it's a good one. Do you have a slide moment on this album? What did tell me what's I going on? I actually did not. I wish I did. I've done slide on a lot of my records, and I'm, I'm, um, like the last record, the one called the Grand Design. I got, I wrote something called um, Distracted Girl, which is like. like that and I, I asked Sonny Landreth to play on it and he goes sure so we met at the studio and he goes do you mind if I play that opening figures of yours an octave up on slide <laughs> and I go there's no fucking, there's no darn way you can do that <laughs> and he goes yeah I, I've worked it out and it was just amazing I did it at Sweetwater over in um, over in um, Indiana? Indiana and so my part And he comes in with a slide, uh, doing it octave up. Uh, oh yeah! Some, uh, it's just unbelievable. He's how got he did some it, wicked so. voodoo in his playing. He does. I was going to ask you, you know told me it's not slide i was wondering if it was slide or bar or something but oh, the stuff yeah. on stardust blues yeah so that's all wang bar let's listen to a little bit of that and then maybe you can tell us what's going on Another beautiful LSL guitar. Yeah, this one's a uh, the CV model they made, which is basically patterned after my '61 Strat. But it's the weight of my '58 Strat and the um, the the neck of the '61, and some of the pickups are from a '65. I have. I got some three old ones. But you know, so uh, these Strats, I set up the bar to be um, to um, you know my E string goes up a half step. We don't, right. You know that about me. And the B string goes up a whole strip. Uh -huh. 
G string goes up a minor third. Uh, yeah, I'm always interested about that. Like Scott Henderson's a major third on the G string up. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So that's a bigger cant than I want from here. Yep. Yeah, he does that, doesn't he? Yeah. So you can get line, you can get licks together using the bar. And if I'm in the key of D, I can bend from an A. I can go bend from a G up to A, like that, or. So I'm I'm bending uh, from E up to F sharp, and then coming down on coming. So you, if you know where the intervals are, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. Um, I'll sometimes play, you know, in the key of D. I think I did that on that Stardust Blues tune, you know. And then for G, and then um, maybe, and then for the G chord, maybe I go. You know, it's funny because when you listen to Albert it. King and any of those guys, they all have sort of their signature solo they do you know bb uh, king's the same way and so i was thinking i should try to do something with the wang bar that i do every time you know the, the, in that tune but so far i haven't been performing it yet so i gotta i gotta start hauling that out because yeah, it start. is kind of fun i love a slow blues you know well man i'm impressed because i usually thought like if you could get one string to have a nice even interval like say mm -hmm. your g string when you pull up on your bar mm -hmm. goes up a minor third as yours does Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you could even really get the other strings to behave. They uh, they usually be in the cracks in terms of. But you you say yeah. you got the beast you got the B string the B, to go up a a whole step a whole step and E That's goes great. up a half step. That's great. So, so. it's really cool because you have yeah. a half a hole and a minor third. So you got three string benders in your yeah, bar yeah. there. You can go. <laughs> you get a major third on the on there like on the G string if you need it yeah. by by grabbing behind the nut. But um, you know, uh, I just like I like the uh, the the subtlety you can do when you just play a chord and the fact that you yeah. can shake it, you know, you know, I think it's funny um, because yeah. I think these fender this is just the old style fender yeah, bridge. Six screws. Six screws. I think they're the most musical one out there. And I have Bigsby's and Floyd Roses and everything, you know. On various guitars, but to me that that's a real musical thing, and I also try to I try to try to own this if I can. If you can get it to actually sound like it's doing that. All right, let's see what happens with this Music Man guitar molding. Not Almost. bad, yeah. See what happens is the low string doesn't go down nearly as other way around. The low string. The low strings go down more than the more than the high strings. Yeah. Let me try it one time. Yeah, as good, long yeah. as you wiggle it a lot. <laughs> as yeah, long as you yeah. wiggle it a lot, you, no one knows. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I try to get lines that that you know when you get to that last note, you can pull up the bar, you know, and, yeah. and have one more note. You know, that's it's really fun fun thing to work on. Yeah, I notice you can bend a bar. You can bend a note a lot if it's a single note with the bar. Yeah, you do it once you're doing in a, once you're in a chordal land. Mm -hmm. You got to be much more subtle. Subtle, yeah, yeah. If you take um, so, what what would that be? That would be a yeah, yeah. yeah that, so this is B flat. I can go. 
That's amazing, because you hear the... You're doing this, and then I'm yeah. hearing this, because one string is jumping up a minor third, and the other one's jumping up a whole step. Yeah. Just like you promised it would. Yeah. Like, I mean, do you still take students, or how does that yeah, work? Yeah, I sure do, yeah. Yeah. Because I might have to come back up here. Yeah.
I love that. That's man. cool. There's a lick that I can show you. That's a country oh. lick. That's it's so so outrageous. It's got a. Um, it's got. It's got a. Uh, yeah, that's a beautiful LSL Telecaster yeah, yeah. style guitar. You're so if you uh, if you have um, let's see if I if you go like you go like this. Let's see if I can remember it. Uh, painful it's so painful yeah you, you bend this up to here you know f second, sharp up to g sharp third string second finger yeah. and then you go right and then you go while it's up there yeah pinky on the yeah that's like it wants to pull your fingernail off of your finger yeah i know yeah my, my fingernails are too short Once again, a guitar that's a little out of tune, huh? And the action's a little too low. Yeah, that's a nice, that's great. Yeah. Stacking them up, you know? Yeah. You go. This is something I just started doing the other day. Pulling off. Each one is a pull off from the pinky to the first finger. I love it. This is me. When you yeah. use your second finger. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. Do you ever use the um, the Real Book app, the iReal app? I've used that before. It's great. You know, yeah. you can write your own progressions in it. Yeah, I've done and, that a couple And uh, you know, I play like stuff like uh, I got a woman way over town that's good to me. Oh yeah. Well, I got a woman way over town that's good to me. Yeah, yeah. She's my baby. I understand. Yeah, I loving man. I got a woman way over town that's good to me. Oh yeah. You know, and just blow on that cha those changes. Yeah. Typical Ray Charles kind of stuff, but done country style. It's really fun. That's a great little app. I mean, I think guitar players don't always realize how valuable it is because, yeah. sure, it doesn't sound like an album, but it spits out a rhythm track yeah. for you with automatic chords, like some yeah. kind of keyboard sound, which is great for practicing your bends against it. Make sure you're Everything, in tune. Everything, yeah. Yeah, it's playing through changes. Yeah. I mean, there's tunes in there like Captain Marvel by Chick Corea that I can never get anybody to comp for me for. It's just too crazy. Man, I can set it up to the speed I want and, and blow on that or yeah. Giant Steps, all those tunes that are really hard, you know. They give you a, a great platform to practice. But it's also fun to do tunes like All of Me, bluegrass style, you know. Yeah. <laughs> all of me, my Yeah, 
I know it's if just I had crazy. Chart in front of me. Yeah, you know, but uh, it, that that I use that all the time. It's yeah. kind of a life changer because you don't you, you get to you get to play with something other than the metronome, dude, which is really cool. You're very inspiring, Carl. Man, you just shed <laughs> and you shred and then you shed and then you shred and you're back, dude. Oh yes. man, thank you so much, dude. What a pleasure, man. We got to do this more often, dude. I'm gonna call you up for some lessons. Well, you're you're welcome to come over anytime to jam and we'll trade licks. Beautiful house, beautiful guitar player, beautiful person. I love it, dude. All right, right back to you. Thanks so much. Let's have a beer. So, wow, what a deep guitar hang with Mr. Carl Verheyen. I hope you enjoyed that. I wanted to tell you, of course, how he got really solid at reading music. I mean, he obviously knew how to read music, but I think it was like maybe in his early 20s, and he told me the story after the interview. We're packing up and everything, and I got all my stuff in my car, and we're just talking, 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 talking in his driveway. He's like, man, come on, stay a while. We went out in his backyard. He's got this awesome yard overlooking, you know, L.A. from the Hollywood Hills. Just gorgeous birds chirping, and we're just chatting and talking about music for a long time. And he told me how he learned how to read music for real. It happened in his 20s or something. He was getting established as a session guitar player. And you know, he told you about some of those high profile sessions that he did. Well, he wasn't always getting those calls. When he was younger, he was getting a lot of sessions. But one day, one of the guys that hired him a lot said, Hey, listen, Carl, I want to tell you, man. I got this big session next week. It's two days in a row in the studio, blah, blah, blah. And I got to tell you, I'm using so-and-so to do it. I really, really love your playing, Carl, but this one's really needs to move. We got to cover a lot of territory. And the other guy, well, he's just a much more solid reader than you are. And it's a real reading gig. Well, guess what Carl did? <laughs> that was not a failure. That was a challenge to him. He hooked up with his buddy Ron Freshman, great guitar player, and they started their own sight reading boot camp. And every day for two and a half hours, they read. They each purchased $75 of different books, $150 worth of books total. And I hope I'm getting this story right, but this is what I remember. They're sitting there with $150 worth of sheet music in like, you know, what is that? $1980? I don't know when this was. <laughs> and it was like, you know, violin books and random books, just sight reading it down. And there was no cheating. You just had to turn on the metronome and play it down. Pot of coffee. I think they took a break. They would only cancel if one of them had a gig or something. And they did that for like five months or something, two and a half hours a day, five days a week. And that's how Carl got his reading together. Amazing. Inspiring us all, I wanted to mention too that I saw Carl perform with the great John Mater, who's on drums on this track that you're hearing right now. This is a Carl Verheyen track called Intangibles Collide. John Mater is a good buddy of mine. Actually, I toured the world with him, or I should say Southeast Asia and the United States with him when I was playing with B-Times 3 featuring Billy Sheehan and Stuart Hamm and and Jeff Berlin on bass. But anyway, John Mater, Carl Verheyen, the amazing organist Jim Cox are all playing the other night before Carl's leaving for Europe. And guess what? Carl looks at me in the middle of one of the solos. And I have to admit, I had a great seat right up front because I ran into my friend Sherry Hastings, photographer, and her friend had just left. So I got to hop in the front row seat. So Carl's looking down at me at this one of these solos. 
and he just throws in that bend that I showed him, which you might recall from the middle of this interview. I kind of showed him one of those double-stop twangy bends. The only thing I've ever shown Carl Verheyen, and he played it back for me that night on stage. That's Carl for you. Regarding that app that we were just talking about, it's called iRealB. I recommend it. It's a few dollars in the app store, and it's a great tool to use to sharpen your claws, so to speak, and tighten up your grooves and tune up your bends. I recommend it. I only wish I used it more often myself, you know what I'm saying? So yes, again, there are 59 other podcasts. Many of you have heard all 60 now, and I really appreciate that. But if there's any you haven't checked out, or if you've only checked out the names that you know, please go check out others that maybe you haven't heard. For example, Lawrence Juber, stunningly amazing steel string player, world-class, maybe not as famous as Steve Vai or Satriani, but you got to check it out. Same with like Jeff Coleman for a more rock vibe. Man, those are two totally different episodes. One's hard rock. One is beautiful acoustic. Hope you enjoy all this stuff. And remember, if you like it, learn it. That's pretty much what Carl Verheyen said. That's got a nice alliteration to it. Doesn't quite rhyme like keep it alive till you're 95, though, which is how we'd like to close this show. Um, Thanks again to Zoom for the great H6 recorder. And thank you all for listening. Tons more podcasts coming up already in the can. Hope you enjoy. My name is Jude Gold. Thanks for listening. Whoa. Oh, it's safe.